Did you know that when you buy resources from Focus on the Family Canada, your purchase helps strengthen marriages, equip parents, defend biblical principles, and more. Plus, we carefully select every item, which means you will only encounter quality, biblically sound resources that are safe for the whole family. Help give back to Canadian families by shopping at Focus on the Family Canada. Find biblically-based resources for your family at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. I look for culture everywhere because I celebrate all cultures because I'm such a mixture of them. Yes, I have purposefully set out to engage with other cultures uh, simply by learning a new language. God has given me many opportunities to engage with different cultures than me, including my own family who adopted me as a black girl, my family's white, to fellowship and work with and meet people completely different than me. I've loved it. I love asking questions and have people telling me stories about how they grew up and how it might be different. Well, some really good ideas for yourself and your family about looking through a lens that sees a wonderful variety of culture and races and ethnicities that we can see and experience in our world today. I'm John Fuller. Jim Daly is out today, so um, I'll be carrying the load here. I think it's fair to say uh, to our guests that we've made some really good strides generally as a culture and uh, across the world toward equality and uh, having a more pluralistic society. And um, we value and engage in positive ways with those who are different from us. There is, at the same time, still some work to be done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of work to do in addressing some of the serious problems that still exist. Um, many Christian families are doing this well. They're embracing diversity. They're living out that biblical mandate to love and serve and treat others with respect and with no regard to who they are or where they came from or, or what they look like. Um, we in the Christian community can be leaders in this. Uh, we have a biblical mandate, and we'll get into that as we, uh, as we continue the conversation, to take the gospel to all tribes, all nations, all tongues, all peoples. So we've invited a couple of great guests to help us think through and apply some of these biblical truths. Uh, we have Dr. Danny Huerta. He's uh, a colleague here at Focus, the head of our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family, and is a psychologist and licensed clinical social worker. He's got a private practice in Colorado here since uh, 2003. And Trillia Newbell is joining us for the first time today. Yes. She is an author, speaker, blogger, editor, and today we're going to discuss one of the books she wrote, and it's... It's different for us, Julia. We don't do lots of kids' books, but I think the way that you've approached this topic can be a great um, conversation starter for families to discuss uh, what we're talking about today. So the book is called Creative God, Colorful Us, and it's got some really nice paintings in it and some really good fun stuff. Get your copy from us here at Focus on the Family. Just stop by focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-232-6459. Well, Danny, Trillia, thanks so much for uh, being here today. Thanks for having us. I'm thanks really for the excited. Yeah. So uh, let's just throw this out on the table. Either one of you or both of you can address this. It feels to me, just from observation, that a lot of kids aren't prejudiced. They just hang out and play with other kids. They see other kids. Somewhere along the way, though, the culture or family impact affects how they see people, and they get uncomfortable with people that aren't like me. What do you think about that? 
I mean, that's developmentally normal where there's an us versus them, right? They don't know the other child in sports. We naturally see the other team as the enemy rather than their kids that are playing a sport with us. And competitiveness uh, leads to uh, to some of that naturally. And then as you as they age in a culture that uh, naturally struggles with this worldwide, uh, they begin to step into those, sometimes out of fear, mm-hmm. out of competitiveness, out of scarcity. Yeah. And there's a resource I want, and there's two of us, and I'm in the dominant group. And so now uh, you become my mm-hmm. enemy, right? Yeah. And so there are natural things in the environment that sometimes cause a child to begin to develop this internally. Yeah, anything to add, Trillia? Yes, I would add that also it's learned. So there are, when if you're talking about prejudice and um, racism or any kind of negative when they're looking at someone, they're watching the way their parents speak about other people, the way their community um, responds to people. But I do believe that children notice differences very early. Mm -hmm. My husband is white. I am African-American. And when we look at when my son was about two, he started to recognize that mommy and daddy look different. And he called himself Peach. He called his dad Peach because he has lighter skin and he called me brown. And so he would say, Peach, brown, because he's trying to relate and figure Mm -hmm. the world out. And so they notice differences. It's when they put that the negative aspect or they their sin nature comes out yeah. like the competitive right. or yeah. or hate yeah. that some of that is natural as he is so eloquently said and then other parts of it is learned yeah. so they're looking and responding the way their parents or the people around them do well so let's go to that uh, yeah. that awkward moment when you're in the store with your kids and they're like mommy or daddy why is that person and fill in the blank and they say it loud enough for everybody nearby to hear it yeah. How do you lean into that moment and not shame the child for asking a, a question born out of curiosity? Yeah. Um, and how do you explain that? You know, it's interesting. The The brain naturally prejudges because it needs shortcuts. Otherwise, it takes too long to think about things. Hmm. And so teaching our kids that it's not a wrong mechanism, but understanding what the question's about. There's no shame in that question. That person's mm-hmm. different. That's true. Hey, let's look at those differences and celebrate that. Yeah. What's different and what makes you feel uncomfortable with that? What What's great about that? And it doesn't always have to be negative. And a prejudice is a prejudging. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out, are we judging out of a pure heart or out of a heart that is uh, prideful? Mm-hmm. And so if it's prejudging with humility, what does that mean? Because our brain naturally does that. And so th- that can be a whole conversation in itself, sure. there, John. I really love that answer, and I'm so glad he said it that way because yeah. it's 100% accurate that difference isn't wrong, and that's where we've gone where we've gone wrong. And difference can be celebrated, it can be enjoyed, and so if your child points out a difference, you can acknowledge it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that person does have a dot on their forehead. Why don't we go home and look it up? Maybe we learn where they could be from. Mm -hmm. What is that culture about? That is a different response than, oh, 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 don't do that. Don't point. Because it immediately makes it wrong that that difference is, there's something negative about it and you shouldn't point it out. You shouldn't acknowledge Mm -hmm. difference. And um, so I, I really do believe that if we can, as parents or as adults, respond better, it will help ignite a curiosity in our kids and help them understand that it's not wrong to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Right. And if a person's offended, we can't control that, but we can control a conversation with our kids. And in that moment, if a child that's innocent asks that question, 
And a lot of times the parents are reacting to the potential offense. Oh, yeah. no, I think I just yeah. offended someone. We can't control that, but we can certainly respond to our child yeah. and lean into that teaching moment, just as Trillia was saying. I appreciate that. So um, let's look at this matter of diversity through the lens of an adult who says, well, I'm, I'm colorblind. I just see people. Is that a good way to approach this sensitive matter of differences, cultural and, and ethnic differences? Or, or what would you recommend, Trillia? I would say no, that you're not colorblind okay. unless you really are colorblind. If you're, <laughs> and there are, there are people who I are had actually a boss. colorblind. True. Yes, yeah. but what people actually are trying to say is, I'm not racist, and mm. so they're like, they say, oh, oh, I don't see color, but you do. You recognize when I came into this room that I have dark skin, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's an okay thing. Why? Because God has created me that way. I'm created to reflect God in in the way that I um, speak and think and act and to um, hopefully glorify Him in what I do. And so God's created me. He thought of me. He knit me in my mother's womb. We say those things all the time. Well, it it applies to cultural differences as well. So you should not be colorblind. I often say you should be color smart. Yeah, I appreciate that part of the book. So go ahead and explain what you mean by that, Trillia. Yes. So what I mean is that you get to know people, get to understand first and foremost what the scriptures say about culture and diversity and Mm -hmm. people. We've already, we started this program thinking about we are to go and make um, disciples of all nations. So there's this beautiful mandate in the scriptures already. So thinking about what the scriptures say, but also that we can, um, it's a part of really loving our neighbor to mm-hmm. get to know them and to understand and grow in our understanding mm-hmm. of culture and people. And so we don't have to pretend like they don't exist. That's actually more offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we can instead press into that and get to know people. Mm-hmm. So we don't, I, that's what I mean by color smart, understand history, understand culture, understand people, ask good questions, and understand what the Bible says well, about differences. Let's go ahead. Mm. We, we, I referenced that a little bit. There's yeah. the Great Commission. There are a lot of verses in Scripture. Why do we look to the Bible as our guide when it comes to what culturally can be a pretty sensitive or even um, divisive conversation? Well, I love what Scripture talks about, about one anothering. It's all throughout Scripture, and it doesn't say one another just with these few people. It's one another with everyone. Love one another, encourage one another, Mm -hmm. exhort one another, teach one another. Everyone has something to offer. And then Ephesians 2.10 is my favorite, that we're all God's workmanship, Mm -hmm. His masterpiece created Mm -hmm. for great things in Christ Jesus. We're created for Christ Jesus. And all of us, different races, colors, cultures, even homes have their own cultures. I mean, that's just, God is a creative God. They created different flowers, different animals, different plants, different people. And that's the richness of his creativity. Mm -hmm. And it creates a color and a richness to our experience together as humans. I appreciate that, Danny. Trillia. Well, I'm just glad he mentioned Ephesians 2, because Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is gospel, gospel, gospel. We are united to God. He is brought us to himself. And then when you go to Ephesians 11 to the end, we see that the veil of hostility has been broken down in the body of Jesus Christ, making one new man, the Christian. Mm -hmm. So we're brought together. So we see this beautiful picture of God uniting us to himself and to one another. But all throughout Scripture, from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation. Well, I was going to say, there's a yeah. <laughs> story arc that God has yeah. created, uh, and it begins in Genesis. We yep. see the end in human terms in yes. Revelation. And all woven through that is this celebration of different. Yes. And you know what's interesting is Jesus and Paul challenged the church 
on things similar to what we're hand, we're trying to handle in our culture today, which yeah. is division. Mm. And Paul talked about unity over and over again in the church and unity to gather different cultures, different races, and Jesus challenged the culture of his time. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. Order your subscription today at briomagazine.ca. That's briomagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-A-FAMILY. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Well, Danny, let's go ahead and hear a little bit of your story because you weren't born here in the States. I wasn't. So no. share, share about that experience and, and what it yeah. taught you. Well, I remember the day that my mom uh, had told me, hey, you need to learn English. We may go to America someday. She was from the United States. My dad's from Mexico. and I was born in Mexico City. I assumed we would live in Mexico City forever. And she said, you need to say goodbye to your, your friends. We're moving to America. Then the panic button kind of set in. Mm. But I didn't realize what was going to happen there. We ended up in, in Colorado Springs because Jim Irwin had talked to our family, and, and our family wanted a Christian education for, for us as kids. And as I arrived, I, I, the teacher thought I was a deaf mute in the classroom. My How mom had a pretty good that? laugh. I was eight and a half. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, my mom was a teacher. She got a, a teaching job as a kindergarten teacher at the school, <laughs> and they didn't have an ESL program. And uh, they, uh, in the uh, teacher's lounge, the teacher came to my mom after a month and said, hey, I think your son is going to have to go to special school. I think he's a deaf mute. And that was what I was doing is I was drawing all over my sheets of paper. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and uh, You were pretty stressed out, I would I was pretty stressed too. out. Yeah. I, I ended up actually with warts on my fingers. Just anxiety was oh. there. I didn't know what was going on. And I... I was very connected in Mexico, and here I didn't feel connected at all. But in the lunchroom, I got to sit with a girl from India, a girl that was left-handed, and then a boy that stuttered. He slowed everything down for me, so I could, mm. I could really understand what So his stuttering was, was a gift to oh, you. it was a gift. Yes, I yeah. loved Carl. He, huh. That was his name. And uh, I got invited to play some sports with the kids at, in the, during the lunchtime. That's where I started to feel a sense of connectedness with the there. other kids. Yeah. So the kids invited you? They did. They That's said, hey, so you great. want to come play? That's so great. Well, and, to be uh, fair, Trillia, on the schoolyard, you look for the win. And, <laughs> and if he's good, I got <laughs> him, right? So, there so you go. <laughs> tell us about your family of origin, Trillia, because yeah. yours, it wasn't a totally 
rosy picture. No. Well, I grew up um, in a really loving home. I went to a Christian home, and my father experienced a lot of racism growing up in mm. Tennessee um, and to being beat once. And oh. yes. So he taught us, however, to love and forgive. And it was really an interesting um upbringing because of that because he yeah. experienced such deep racism and that so that racism turned into physical expressions of Absolutely. hatred toward your dad because he was black yeah or yeah he is black yeah. he yes yes he passed away when i was 19 mm. so um but yes and so it really formed us however because we we learned a lot about history quick <laughs> and we i experienced uh some pretty overt racism i had a, a brick thrown out the window at me hmm. um, once and called the N-word. And, and so it was something that I had to learn, okay, what? how am I going to respond to this? What is that going to do for me? Because I didn't, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Because I, I loved people. I continue to love people. But I love people even as a unbeliever. I, I had, there was, because we're made in the image, image of God, mm -hmm. he gave me a love for people. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't understand why someone would hate me just because of the color of my skin. Well, and you learned forgiveness from your dad. So yeah. how did he grasp the importance of forgiving those who were actively demonstrating hatred toward him? You know, I wish I could ask him, <laughs> how did you grasp that, Dad? Because I would just say I imagine it was also his parents hmm. who um, grew up in the South also and were had learned to live in some harsh, I mean, segregated South yeah. environment. And there is something about the last generation that is enduring. They mm -hmm. endured through suffering. They understood trials mm -hmm. that I think formed him and formed us. And so we've learned to endure and to also, I think, understand understand people, even though, again, I, I can't say that it was a Christian home, but to understand that people are sinful. So fast forward to you became a Christian. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, you attended a predominantly white church. Yes. Tell us about that experience. Yeah. So the girl who shared the gospel with me, she shared the gospel at 19. It took a few years before I submitted my life to the Lord. So I was 22 and I just went to her church. <laughs> so she shared the gospel with me. I went to her church yeah. and um, and I remember the day that I heard, you know, the hymn, Rock of Ages, Wash mm -hmm. Me Savior or I'll Die. And at that moment, I was saved. And the Lord, he, um, well, he changed everything about me. So one of the things that he changed is I always had this something in me um, about justice and mm -hmm. something in me about the right and wrong and uh, on mm -hmm. this particular topic. And then I started opening the word of God and I realized, oh, it's his idea. <laughs> this is from him. Yeah. And he desires unity and he desires us to love each other and to die to self. And so um, it was such a, it was so encouraging. But that journey, it really was just God's faithfulness. He drew me to himself. I was not looking in any way. Yeah. yeah. And Danny, um, going back to kind of the the uh, immersion in U.S. Right. culture yeah. here from your days growing up in Mexico. Uh, then you got married, and you gave the gift of culture clash to your wife, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> the gift. I love that. So, I should tell her that. Tonight. There, there yeah, was some a gift. Well, honey. I mean, it, it's like when yeah. I moved from the upper Midwest down to Texas, there was a culture clash there. Yeah. So describe a little bit of what Heather had to, to kind of Yeah, work the first through. two years were rough uh, in our marriage. We actually had to seek out counseling for a little bit. Um, because uh, my family wanted 
us to be with them all the time, right? Uh, Every Sunday would be ideal. That's the Latino way. I was going to say, the culture culture is together, right? And her family is more private, and my family was overwhelming to her family. Let's put it that way. Very Latino. I remember growing up, we always had somebody coming to our house for dinner. I thought I was going to have dinner with my parents. All of a sudden, they're, oh, who are you? (laughs) New (laughs) people at our dinner table. They just, they're very hospitable, very involved in missions. And so they assumed once you get married, more people. Uh, we've added a, you know, a spouse. And, uh, and our daughter-in-law is going to come over to our house every Sunday. So I had to put some boundaries there mm-hmm. that we're forming our family culture now. And I had to do that, take my wife into account. And for us to to begin to develop what rhythm was going to be like. That, for your family, not yeah. for her in your extended family. Right. And just because it's cultural doesn't make it right. It just mm-hmm. means that's the culture that you grew up with. Yeah. Now you need to figure out how does this work for our relationship? Because we assume that just because it's cultural, it makes it gospel or yeah. that's what I have to follow or this sense of loyalty to it. No, you have to figure out now I have to adjust to another person and that is loving. Mm-hmm. Now you create a new culture Got together. It. I appreciate that, Danny. And, and Trillia, as we kind of turn the corner toward the last portion of the broadcast, let's go ahead and unpack some practical things for parents, some of the things in the book. So uh, how do we press through and help our kids grab onto the beauty and wonder of God-given diversity? Yeah. So practically, preach the word. So that is practical. (laughs) So preach it, all of it. And so for our family, that's been really important is that we're grounded in the gospel, but we understand all of the texts. We understand Jesus and the Samaritan woman. We understand what's going on in the Bible. And so I think that's why it's so important that you're preaching the Bible Mm -hmm. so that when someone comes in who is of another ethnicity or culture, you're already bent towards love. You're already bent towards what the scriptures say, um, towards a welcome and not favoritism or center partiality. Is it safe to say our kids are watching us for the cues? Absolutely. It's okay? Absolutely. (laughs) I think so. And, And I do also think that kids, especially these days, they're going to touch cultures that are different than them probably even more frequently. I don't know. I don't know if that's, at least that's been our experience because we live in a Nashville area and yet my son is in school with someone who's German and French and mm-hmm. Indian. I mean, he's, it's all over, mm-hmm. which I didn't experience as much. And yeah. And so I feel like, I don't know if there's something that's changed or if it's just that I was from East Tennessee, but they are seeing more cultures and diversity themselves. But I do think that inviting that and opening that up, especially as it comes to church, is really important. And and then I know you're probably going to turn the corner to in the home, but I believe that's of utmost importance. Because if you're I mean, this is like with everything, right? We don't want it just to be on Sunday mornings. So we we want the way that we're living and talking about people to be throughout the week. And so for us, it's also been very important that we introduce different cultures and and you, you've got a tradition of doing that, um, yes. cooking uh, from around the world, is yeah, that right? Yeah, so we cook through the nations. <laughs> so yeah, since good. they were young, yeah. we would I would have them look at a map and decide, okay, what what country or continent or where where should we cook through? And we, we do that, and it's been such a fun time. And on um, Black History Month, we talk through the whole month. We cook through something, and then we go through different 
talk about history and culture and and so but not obviously not just February we do it throughout the year mm-hmm. and it's opened up a world for my kid my son was is learning German and Cherokee and is, there's this this interest that's and I think it's got how God has made them but I do also think we've invested in that mm-hmm. we've helped open that door for yeah. them uh, Danny from a professional perspective um, and with your heart as a dad mm-hmm. Talk to the parents who are listening, thinking, well, I guess I have some work to do, but I don't know where to start. Well, by the way, our home, they only mimic the good things and never mimic the bad <laughs> Of course. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's that's your children, they are perfect. They're know. a reflection of <laughs> all right. that you've done right. All the perfection. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so uh, with my kids, just in our home and really in my practice, we talk about self-awareness and developing that discipline, that skill. We all have stereotypes of some form or another, if yeah. you really dig down to it. It doesn't yes. have to be racial. There's stereotypes. There's prejudice, sometimes discrimination. We all own that, and we need to own it. The more we're in the light, the more we see our own sin, and Paul learned that. And so being able to be open to that, and as parents, where it begins is we begin to teach character traits that are going to naturally lead to loving other people, hmm. the most foundational one being humility. That's Make that a center of your home. Kindness, compassion, humility, empathy, these things that are central to the development of a child that's going to be loving down the road to people that are different than them. And so it really begins with humility, and Scripture tells us that very clearly. Mm. And that's where you can begin. It doesn't have to be complex with uh, racism and in those tough topics. Start early with your kids. Mm -hmm. Start building in them a love for God's creation and all the differences within all of his creation. Mm-hmm. I Can I add that. one thing Please. that, and with humility comes repentance. Yes. And yes. so one of Very the true. things that we have to do, because he, he's exactly right, even the most aware struggles with stereotypes, struggles with bias, struggles with sin. <laughs> so yeah. we have to be repenting people. So we repent if we've said something that's um, inappropriate or wrong. And and we try to help our kids learn to repent too, to be people who ask God mm. for forgiveness yeah. and turn from our sin. And so I just think that's really important. With humility comes repentance. Well, I'm so grateful to both of you for sharing from your hearts and, again, sharing the scriptures like that. And, uh, Trillia, thank you for this book, Creative God, Colorful Us. Uh, We do uh, recommend that you get that for your kids or grandkids, uh, maybe for yourself. Maybe a kid's book is a great starting point for you to unpack some of this. And uh, get a copy of that book from Focus on the Family Canada, where your donations and your purchasing of resources like this, Creative God, Colorful Us, all goes toward helping the ministry and uh, reaching across Canada to help families wherever they're at in their parenting or their marriage journey. So please contact Focus on the Family Canada today for your copy of this book. The number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or online. You can donate and get the book at focusonthefamily.ca. Oh, and along the way, you know, we've talked about not just doing some introspection, but equipping our kids so they can do well. And Danny, you and your team have this great parenting assessment. It's free. We're going to link over to it. Uh, Just give a a one-sentence summary of what this assessment is all about. Well, it's really based on a high level of of demandingness as a parent, boundaries, and also high levels of love. And it's called the Seven Traits of effective parenting assessment for you as a parent to to see how you can grow and what strengths you bring into your home and your parenting. Well, that's going to be free, and it's available on our website. And again, that's focusonthefamily.ca.
Danny, Trillia, uh, thanks so much for the energy and the insights you brought today. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Trillia. Thank you. And we hope you have a great weekend with your family and your church family as well. And then join us on Monday as we explore loneliness in marriage. Because when we get married, when we walk down the aisle, we're not walking down the aisle thinking, gosh, I can't wait to have somebody to, you know, do my laundry or, (laughs) you know, do tasks for me. But really what you're thinking about is I want this connection for the rest of my life. I want a best friend. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.